0: Amen. That's a beautiful song, is it not? Amen. It's good to see you. Amen. Okay, I got some more visitors. I didn't know. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen. so So in uh, and, and just complete uh, transparency, uh, I, I just had to uh, I want to do something different today. I didn't want to start First John and then not be there next week and then you know be back and so uh, I was like God, what do you want me to do? And I was looking back through stuff. So um, you know we do have visitors today, but this is actually the first time in five years that I preached the same sermon, uh, but it's not quite the same sermon actually. So so um, it, it is actually a combination of when remember when we went through the Psalms a couple years ago, um, the twenty third Psalm, and so it's a combination. Uh, of two, and uh, I did try to take some stuff, so we're not here till, till 12, all right, that's a, if you're new, if you're visiting, that's an old bad joke uh, from Patrick, okay, we used to have church from 11 to 12, all right, but we went to 10 during COVID, and uh, so some every now and then I'll say, well, we're here till 12 anyway, so no big deal, right, all right, but anyway, uh, so, so no portion of writing at, at any time has been so wildly circulated as a 23rd psalm, uh, it has a reputation of being the funeral psalm. Uh, For, for, you know, good reason. Uh, J. Vernon McGee uh, also believes that it's important not just to know that David is the author of this psalm, but when he wrote it. Um, He he believes that David, and a lot of people believe this, that David wrote it when he was older. That he was looking back at his time uh, as a shepherd. He's looking back at his life. You know, I picture him kind of, you know, sitting back, you know, maybe looking out on the on the front porch, looking out at a nice uh, piece of land or something, and just kind of looking back at things and and, and contemplating. Uh, in fact, Dr. Frank Morgan has called it the Song of the Old Shepherd, the Song of the Old Shepherd. It, and and the the thing about this is this Psalm is is not about the sheep, all right? It's about the shepherd. Amen. This is about the shepherd. So today I think it's, it's only appropriate that we just take a, a simple approach to, uh, to a simple passage, a passage that McGee said it is sublimely simple and simply sublime. Right? Um, and, and, that's, and that's where it's going to go verse by verse, okay? statement by statement. This is the way I like to preach. Anyway, I like to let the Word of God uh, preach it because it's you know, a whole lot better than I'll ever be. Uh, amen, right? Where's Jimmy when I need him? Jimmy's not here today. All right, uh, and, and what that looks like, uh, we're going to look at this idea today, sorry, uh, and we're going to ask ourselves, is God my shepherd? Okay, and, and, and then what that looks like for us as Christians, and at the end of each little section, each little, you know, most of, you know a verse or two at a time, uh, I will point you to Psalm 95, the first part of verse 7, all right, which is this, okay? For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his cape. And then I'm going to ask a simple question. Is God your shepherd? Is God, is God your shepherd? Okay. And so I want you to internalize that this morning and know that it's preached to me before it preached to you. In fact, right? it preached to me a couple of times. Okay. All right. So uh, the first two, and I'm going to use the ESV as the main, as the main text for Psalm today. All right. Uh, I love both that and the CSB, but uh, well, you'll see the CSB as well. So I, I just like the way the ESV words. It's very similar to the King James. Uh, and so, uh, verse two, the first two verses: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And I know I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm I might, I might. be emotional today, guys. You, I mean, guys, y'all forgive me, okay? All right. Um, just great to see loved ones here. You know, former players. You know, friends. All right, and family. And in, in congregation love you guys. And so the, so the first part is the Lord is, is, my, is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, the first off, and it's very simple, okay? Like, like McGee said, it's, it's simply sublime. Sublime is simple. The uh, simple thing is um, whose who shepherd is he? Whose shepherd is he? What does it say? The Lord is whose shepherd? My shepherd. My shepherd. See, and J. Vernon McGee says, and we didn't read the 22nd Psalm, okay, uh, we, we didn't had time to, to read all that, okay, but let me just read the first verse or two, and Miss Miss Ron, it's not up here, it's not going to be up here, but let me just go to it just for a second. Uh, it's, you know, the first couple of verses, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry to you, but you do not answer. Uh, and it goes on to talk about they divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. Who are they? Who are they referring to? They're referring to Jesus Christ. Okay. And so uh, you know when, and I like the way McGee says it. You have to know the shepherd of Psalm 22 before you can come to the Psalm 23 and say the Lord is my shepherd. So you have, you have to know the, you have to know the Savior, the Shepherd in Psalm 22, the one who went all the way to the cross for us. Before we can come to the next next chapter and say the Lord is my shepherd, Amen. So you have to know this Jesus to get that. He was the one who gave his life for the sheep, for us. My hope is that you've internalized it, and if you have it, guys, it'd be simply, uh, very simple to you. This psalm's not for you. See, you you, you can't this this twenty third psalm's not for you if you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, point blank. Okay, because you, you can't use the personal pronouns that David used. And I know we live in a world where pronouns don't make sense anymore. Amen and me, all right? But, but uh, you know, we, it's, it's me and my, that, that's, that's us. Is he yours? Is he your savior? Many years ago, one of England's leading actors was asked to recite for the pleasure of his fellow guests. He, uh, he was very, very good, very good at doing things like this. He, he consented, he agreed, and, he, and asked if there was anything special that his audience would like to hear. And after a moment, uh, a pause. There, an the old clergyman pre- uh, present said, "Could you, sir, recite to us the twenty-third psalm?" Well, a strange look passed over the actor's face. He he paused for a moment, and then he said, "I can, and I will, upon one condition, and that is that after I have recited it, you, my friend, will do the same." <clears throat> I said the clergyman in surprise. But I'm not an uh I'm not a speaker. I, I'm not good at this type of stuff. However, if you wish it, I will do so. So impressively the great actor began the psalm. His voice and his intonation were perfect. He held his audience spellbound, and, and, and as he finished a great burst of applause broke from their guests. Then as it died away, the old preacher arose and began the song. His voice was not remarkable. His intonation was not faultless. When he had finished, no sound of applause broke the silence. But there was not a dry eye in the room, and many heads were bowed. Then the actor rose to his feet again. His voice shook as he laid his hand upon the shoulder of the old, old preacher and said, I reach your eyes and ears, my friends. He reach your hearts. The difference is just this. I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows his shepherd. And that'll preach. A lot of people know the 23rd Psalm, but they don't know the shepherd. Yeah. Do you know him? That's a simple question. And, and, and the next question kind of goes right with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of just a play off of that, kind of like a little variation. But can you say that he is your shepherd? Not not will be my shepherd. Not, not used to be my shepherd 10 years ago when I was walking closer to God. But is he your shepherd right now? Now, listen, I'm not, I believe in eternal salvation, okay? Our, our salvation is in God's hands, okay? If, if you have given your life to Christ and you believe it and you trust that what God, that God did on the cross through his son Jesus counts for you, that's not going away. You can't lose that, okay? Because it's not about you. It's about what he did, amen? All right? But my point is this is more of a fellowship thing. It's not relationship. I don't think that can be broken if it's, if it's sincere. But fellowship-wise, are you, are you, how, how close are you to him? Or you know, is he really? You really say he he is my shepherd right now? I mean, I'm right behind him. I'm right there with him. Amen. And see, one summer, some kids were allowed to adopt some bum lambs and raise them. the The adults forgot and rounded up adopt the adopted lambs with lambs with the rest. And as they headed out the summer pasturage, the children were heartbroken. So the adults, expecting failure, took the kids up to where the sheep all were. The kids stood around the herd, each called the lamb that they'd raise, and all those lamb lamb children came to the right kid. see he won't he won't forsake us amen right? Bible says that, we, that he knows his sheep we know him too, right and we hear his voice. And the next part, the next part of the verse I, I want to look at is I shall not want. And that simply means I have what I need. It just sounds really good in King James, right? I shall not want. Uh, it's what they call simple future tense. And it means I have what I need now and I will have it. See, it's not just I have what I got right now, Aaron, right? It's what I, I'm, I'm going to have it. Guess what? Two weeks from now, I'm going to have what I need. might not might be what I want. And then five years from now, if God still has me on this earth, I'm going to have what I need. Amen. Right? That's what that means. It's simple future tense. Shall and will are, are very close. Uh, according to Wall Street English, it means you know, for very formal statements, uh, it, it describes obligations. Okay, um, I like that because the word obligation is like a command. It's, it's, it's not about us because David is saying that because the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything. He, he has me. He's got me. Uh, according to McGee, the phrase, I shall not, not want, looks into the future and gives assurance to the child of God. I mean, I don't know about you, but it does for me, right? Uh, the security of the believer rests upon the shepherd. So let's take a, a second uh, to look at the sheep. You know, I, I, and I know you've heard this is not groundbreaking stuff today. And I, I don't, you know, I just pray that God will still use it. Amen. All right? Uh, and we know about sheep, right? They're they're not too smart. Right? That you know, uh, they're, they're they're nice and sweet, you know, but they're also helpless, uh, a bit knuckleheaded, right? Hard hard headed. Uh, pig-headed, dirty, filthy, whatever you want to say, right? Sound familiar? Sound like me? Okay. all right. And then the next part, he makes me lie down in green pastures. See, another thing that, that sheep need is food. According to, to people with experience, they'll tell you that you won't see a hungry sheep lie down. Hungry sheep don't lie down. See, see if, if what does that mean? Again, it's a so simple day, right? Alex said, "You know, I'm glad I'm doing this one because because I'm not. It's a good thing I'm not that smart, right? I can, I can I don't know why I called you out, but anyway, all right. You know, but it, love you, man. All right, um, but you know, if they are lying down, what does that mean? They full. Like last night, man, we had so much food at at, uh, at Daddy's house. My gosh, man. All right, by four o'clock, I was done. I mean, I want no more food, but I kept eating. But anyway, um, but you know, if if they're lying down, that means their bellies are full. They they're satisfied. They're satisfied." Sound familiar? John six thirty five says, I am the bread of life, Jesus told him, No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. So you have that relationship, that true relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, we, we still sin. We'll forever be in this flesh, but we, we have satis- we're satisfied. We have, we have what we need. Jesus Christ is all that we need. Amen? And then the idea of green pastures. What, what does that mean? Simply, if something's really, really green, there's there's plenty of it, right? There, there's plenty, plenty of grass there, plenty to eat. Right, Jared? Plenty to eat. We got more than enough. Uh, it, it's an overabundance. Sally read that a few minutes ago. I'm gonna read it again here soon. But Jesus, Jesus came to give us life and to give it abundantly. And then this next part, he leads me beside still waters. A simple part. Uh, we're going to look at the idea of leading in the, in the next section, but for now, um, there apparently sheep are extremely terrified of turbulent water. Okay, I, I I like how the CSB actually says quiet waters, quiet waters. I like that. So this is a place where a sheep can 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 rest and and be refreshed. The boy, it sure does seem like sometimes we go through storms, don't we? All right, and the people in this room know what I'm talking about today. Right? Go through storms, but again. We have rest. The sheep can rest and be refreshed because He leads us beside still waters. And so let's go to that Psalm 95, first part of verse 7, as we go to the next verse. It says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. The sheep under His care is God your shepherd. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Amen. He restores my soul. Anybody need their soul restored? Every moment. It's been a rough school year, y'all. Where are my teachers in the house with amen? Ever been in need of mercy? (laughs) Ever strayed from the fold? Amen. Sheep are dumb and directionless. We've already said it, right? And prone to wonder. What's that song? Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Anybody relate? While we're in this flesh. While we're in this flesh, we're, we're, you're going to relate. <laughs> Isaiah 53, verse 6 said, We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. For, for my punishment, for, my, for what I've done, he punished Jesus. Amen. That, that's eternal substitution. That, that's a, again, I say it all the time. Salvation is, is simply three words in our place. Jesus died in our place. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so, as you look at that one, uh, you, know, re, you know, very briefly, I want to look at three questions that go with this statement of, uh, uh, of leading us in, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Number one, who is leading? Number two, where is he leading us? And number three, why is he leading us? So, the first question I have here is, is who's doing the leading? He does. And then this part fascinates me. Y'all know I love the research, and Dana, and I, you know, we always like, yeah, we like, you know, I, I found that there's basically two ways of, mo- of moving sheep. I don't have sheep, so I don't know. I have to look this up, okay? All right, um, unless you call my seventh graders who were definitely following that category. Love you if you're watching. All right, oh, my goodness. All right, um, but I found there's basically two ways of moving sheep, leading them from the front and driving them from the back, which has become a more, of a, a more recent thing, apparently, in the last, the last many years, okay? But the idea from Psalm 23 is the first one. Okay, uh, it, it's from uh, the way of she- the, the way of shepherds. Or in this day, was the first way. Okay, leading from the front, and that makes sense to me spiritually, right? So, so let me let me again help you make this connection, just so you don't, you know, just so we're clear. We are the directionless dumb sheep. Amen, row me. Okay, all right. Okay, no one amen there, but that's okay. All right, um, I, I, I was, you know, uh, and I'm the one. I. I am the only one who made a mess of my life before Christ. I don't think I'm the only one, am I? <laughs> All right. See, so, so I, you know, very briefly for me, I, I, didn't have, you know, peace was definitely a thing for me I didn't have. And, and it's funny, it's so ironic that that you know the Roberts are in the room, but I'm telling, I mentioned this to them at, at the funeral of the day. Like, you know, before I gave my life to Christ, like we would go to their house, and my goodness, they would play Fire by Night, and they would show Secret Ambition video by Michael W. Smith. Look it up if you have never seen it. Uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, stop playing that song. Don't play that video today. Please don't play that video, Miss Marion. And she would. All right? And, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and it would convict me every time. Every time. I didn't have peace. I had no, no direction. I was doing things my way. I was okay with that. All right? what well, I thought. And then where did that get me? Nowhere. Yeah. Oh, I had a lot of people fooled. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I'm sure happy that he leads me. Amen? So who's doing the leading? Jesus is doing the leading. Uh, and, and next I want to look at the idea of where he's is he leading. Okay? And paths of righteousness. That's where. Right? I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh Robert Frost's poem. I know that English teachers are, The Road Not Taken. Okay? Uh, very famous poem. He had to make a choice. You know, and I chose the road uh, not taken, the road with that was less traveled. What about you? What What path will you take and where will that path lead you? I hope it's of righteousness. So wouldn't it be awesome to live in a place where everything is right and just? Where there is no unequal treatment of people because of how they look or where they're from or anything like that, right? There's their status in life. See, righteousness is a is a beautiful word, and I like to think of uh, Rascal Flats, all right, the uh, the country televangelists or whatever. Uh, anyway, no, but seriously, let me sing you. Let me. I'm gonna sing you. I almost said, I did say sing. You don't want me to sing, for the record. Uh, We're still gonna be here till twelve, so y'all stay. Y'all, y'all don't leave because I'm singing. Um, but but. Um, God bless the broken road. Some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all uh, you know, but now let's kind of refer that if we can to Jesus. But let's listen to the words, our pretty words. I set out on a narrow way many years ago, hoping I would find true love along the broken road. But I got lost a time or two. I wiped my brow and I kept pushing through. I couldn't see how every sign pointed straight to you that every long-lost dream led me to where you are. Others who broke my heart, they are like northern stars, pointing me all my way into your loving arms. This much I know is true, that God blessed the broken war- road that led me straight to you. And I realize it's a love song, but stay with me here. How many of us have chosen our own path? But, but it, it led straight to Christ. you know. And we, we do our things. We do boneheaded, stupid stuff sometimes. Right? And then people, people who already have a relationship with Christ, by the way, are already praying this stuff. God use this use this, this situation to bring people to you don't we pray that God answers those prayers so many times we just don 't realize it amen so and so the again we have the the who we have the where and then why why and i 'll just be completely honest with you i don 't know because i 'm not him okay I, I posted the other day I decided the other day that I, i'm gonna start trying to post more on Facebook because I just like i I just go ghost i don 't have like, i don 't even you know. Uh, I see, you know, maybe I should start being like some other people and start trying to put some positive stuff out there. You know, I put the other day, you know, I'm not God. <laughs> you know, those are a couple things I know. There is a God, I'm not Him. Okay? Um, so I don't understand. And, and But it is important to know why one does something. Well, for His name's sake is what it says. It, if we ever get it twisted and think we live this life for our name's sake, we need to be careful. Amen? See, it, it's for His name to be praised. See, see the sheep. The sheep don't get thanked for being led and taken care of. Oh, thank you, little sheep. You did such a good job today. You went from that pasture to the back pasture. Good job, sheep. We don't, we don't praise the sheep, right? Me. The shepherd. The shepherd is the one to be thanked. I, I think of it like uh, I know Aaron and my other athletes in, in the room will will relate to this. I look at it like the old coach used to say: play for the name on the front of your jersey, not the one on your back. You know. Yeah. Playing for the one in front for your team. Who are we playing for? First Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Whew, you know how hard that is? <laughs> Man, I sure am glad for substitution. Colossians 3:17, and whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. That's why we do it. That's why. For his glory. So Psalm 95, verse 7: For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. The sheep under his care is God your shepherd. So halftime. Now, now hopefully it's not actually halftime of the sermon, because you're like, hey, brother, I will come and visit you, but I don't think you're going to go this long. All right, but stay with me. All right, Halftime of the verses, okay, of the chapter. So, so far, we'd be feeling pretty good, right? If you want to look back in your own Bible, when the Bible's in the pew or whatever on your phone, look at the first three verses. They're really very comforting, right? Just very nice, you know, um, great stuff, easy to preach, right? It's very comfortable to know that God is my shepherd. I have what I need. He'll meet my needs. I can find rest and refreshment. He restores my life. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, his glory. Unfortunately, we have the next couple verses. And, and, and these verses mention ideas of valleys and enemies. And, and this is where our current idea of grit comes in, right? Right, come on, teachers. Grit, you know. uh, see, I've always liked teams that had grit, right, Aaron? All right. One thing we're going to do, we're not going to be out hustling. All right, you know we, you know, we, we that's not going to happen. Give me those players who we call dogs, right, Aaron? All right, guys, guys like Aaron, all right, who die for loose balls, okay? Who take charges, who do the dirty work, right, brother? All right? And I also like teams that didn't quit when everything's got tough, but because just like in a game, I guarantee tough times are going to hit. We we just did the other day. Uh, we we. Um, did uh florida state of florida is having us do resiliency days this year you know and we just had ours in Hamilton county you pick one day and every teacher you know it was tuesday right and we every teacher taught a lesson on resiliency you know? and i'm sure there's some people who complained all right i actually didn't mind it i kind of liked it but anyway okay and if you But I got to say this, and y'all heard me say this before, but I have some visitors, and I want to say it anyway. If you're listening to some preacher tell you that all your life is going to be a bunch of candy canes and lollipops and ice cream, all right, and your bank account will have a lot of money in it and all that, all right, I'm here to tell you that you might want to listen to someone else who actually might be telling the truth. Yeah? Let me tell you uh, what I mean as we start in verse 4. And remember, we're going to look at again the idea of Psalm 95:7 that He is our God, we are the people of his pastor his sheep under his care Psalm 23 verse 4 even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me and again I know it's it's a simple message but I, I hope that you um, receive a blessing from it and a challenge today and so the first part and I know you've heard this again this is simple simple but even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death right, see the first thing we see is that the sheep are going through it that they're not going around it, right, Wesley? They're not going around around the, the, the shadow of death. We're not taking back roads and getting around, getting back to the interstate. We're we, we going right through it. The, the old saying that I know you've heard a thousand times, you're either just leaving a valley, you're going through one right now, you're about to go through one. That's the truth. I See, one of the saddest moments of my life every year, that's one of my saddest moments, let me rephrase that. One of the saddest things... Um, that I've begun doing the last several years is I like to read Dr. Seuss's Oh, to Places You Will Go. I like to read that on the last day, last full day of class that I have with my students, whether I'm teaching PE or, or, or not PE, which has been most of the time. I'm not teaching that. But um, let me just read the part, and I get to this part, and every time. I'm probably not going to be able to do it today, all right, without crying, so forgive me. Uh, but I get this part. It says, Oh, The Places You Will Go. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you'll fly, wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. And I could read more about that. But He just makes the point, life is tough. And and it breaks my heart because I look at these, whatever grade it is, and I know they're going to experience hard times. And it breaks my heart. And I love them, right, Aaron? I love them, but I know it's going to happen. I know it. Because it's life. All right? And again... Shame on those preachers. I'm going to say it again. Shame on those preachers who tell their congregation that all is going to be easy in life. Shame on them. Okay? How many times have you heard the saying, for instance, let me give you an example, God won't ever give you more than you can handle. That is not in the Word of God. Okay? All right? Check your Bible. That's not in the Word of God. Okay? But people, even well-meaning Christians and churchgoers, oh yeah, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle, brother. You don't know your Bible, man. Go read it. Okay? Because that's not what it says. Okay? It does say something similar in First Corinthians ten 13, I'm not going to read it today. Alright? right, First Corinthians ten thirteen. But he's talking about temptation. He's not talking about trials. He's not talking about tough times. That's not what he's talking about. Okay? He's talking about things that's going to tempt you to 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 disobey God and sin. That's what he's talking about. Okay? And in those situations you know, God will give us a way out. Well, that's how he's going to look for it. But that's a whole other sermon. Okay? Alright? We'll, we'll save that for another time. Okay? But again, let's... Uh, we see right here in verse four that we will go through it, in fact, I've heard it say that it's actually better translated as I walk through it. as I walk through it. it's going to happen and by the way, this shadow of death is not just a little bit of dark times, it's not just a little bit oh my you know my car needs' fixed or you know I'm sick today, all right no, 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 it means literally of distress, listen, of extreme danger, characterizing the world of the dead. okay, we're talking pretty serious stuff, okay. As the CSB study Bible points out, it is clear that it implies intense darkness that represents extreme danger. Here's the truth, though. Uh, In a way, all life leads to death, anyway, right? You know, it's like that new vehicle. Once you drive it off the lot, it it, you know depreciates in value, right? Uh, And so, in a way, we're all on a fast track that leads to death. Okay. Thanks for coming, Uh, Brother Patrick. Came in, right? Okay. Right. Even though I walk, I want to look at that part. Walk just for a moment, because I know I'm, I, I try to condense two 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 sermons into one. I really try to be respectful of your time, but I want to let God, you know, let God do what He's got to do. Amen. So, you know, even though I walk, I am going to look at the idea of walking. See, because um, I want to do this because I feel like it's our nature to run through tough times. Right? We want to get through those as fast as possible because we don't want to think about it. We we let's run through. Let's sprint through that, man. You know. We want to get through it as soon as possible. I I was describing uh, to Sally a while back, you know, I was comparing two pains in my life, all right? I I was comparing um, a kidney stone, all right, that I had at the beginning of COVID, all right, and I couldn't go to hospital. That was was rough. Some of y'all know, amen, what I'm talking about, all right? Um, And then uh, when I had, when my lung collapsed three times right and so and and i've told my students and aaron's heard the story you know and and alex and and putting this thing about you know needle about this long right through my chest you know right through my side there you know and how that hurt like a son of a gun can i say that i just did okay and man i was like ah you know it hurt like crazy but it was done in like five seconds right not a kidney stone kidney stone was like hours i'm like oh god you can kill me right now okay anytime you want to take me lord i'm ready right because because again the idea we want to get through it quickly we we want to rush through tough times but maybe maybe we should we should marinate in them a little bit more maybe according to the word although we we don't love it this makes us uncomfortable like god i don't like these tough times i don't like when we lose people we love i don't like you know like this time when somebody's sick somebody has an accident man i don't but my guess is that god's doing something in you during those times and it's making you better if you allow him to Okay? So, so this is, again, another, another whole sermon we can have, but let's just go, look at three different uh, sections of Scripture. 1 okay? Peter 1, 6, and 7. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that a proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in Romans 5, verse 3 and 4, Paul says, And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. Right? Or James 1, 2 through 4, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that it may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And, and, and Here's the deal. Fair or unfair, it doesn't matter. If you have coworkers or friends who don't don't believe in Jesus Christ, they are watching you as you go through what you go through Amen. and how you handle it. They're, they're, they're looking at you. You're the only Bible they'll ever see. They'll ever read. The right? only Jesus they'll ever see. Amen? And then the next part, I will fear no evil for you... Are with me. See, it would be a a pretty sorry shepherd to leave the sheep, let the sheep go whenever uh, whenever they get uh, they went through the valley, just let them go, All right, Alex? They'd be kind of sorry, right? I'm like, well, let them go. I don't know where the sheep are. Where the sheep? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just hanging out. I think they went that way. I have no idea. It'd be a sorry shepherd to do that. See, see, my guess is that shepherd would probably lose their jobs or something or their inheritance. I don't really know how it works. Okay, because I'm not that old. But anyway. But it's not the case with Jesus. Sally read it earlier today, and, and I just want to read. I may read, I may read just the first couple of verses of this, but it's John 10, 10 through 15. So, Miss Ron, I may not read all of it, all right? but I also want to read Hebrews 4, 15 after it. It says, A thief only comes, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It right? goes on to talk about the hired hand. Uh, he, he leaves them and runs away, and the wolf snatches them up. And then verse fourteen, I am the good shepherd. I know my own; my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And then Hebrews four fifteen, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Amen. He became human. He he could definitely relate. Now, see, it's crazy to even think of a shepherd. I mean, like, can we go? Can we kind of like do something silly real quick? Can can. A silly fault that I have because I'm, I'm I'm a simple person, okay, and I have dumb thoughts sometimes, Alex. But um, like, wouldn't it be kind of weird to see a shepherd all of a sudden start getting on his hands and knees, right, Bailey? And start, you know, bah, bah, you know, like what, like being a sheep all of a sudden? Wouldn't that be silly? Even think about that, right? And and, and it's just making sheep sounds, right? It sounds silly, but. In a weird way, as a terrible, terrible, you know, illustration. So good job, Patrick. But that's what Jesus did. He, he, he came down from heaven to earth. He left the throne in heaven to come down to a sinful, just terrible earth. Lived a perfect life. Died the death that we should have died in our place. Amen? The body ain't there anymore, though. Amen? Look, our Lord is with us. What a comfort to know that He is with us. And it's like, you know, we, a lot of us in this room have just suffered loss, you know, and, and been at funerals. And it's like, you know, people, people sometimes wonder, what do we say to them? What do I say? Nothing. You don't have to say anything. Just give me a hug. You don't have to say a word to them. Just be there. With. He's. he's just be with, just be with. That's what he is with us, amen. And then your rod and your staff, they come from me. Another one that we could go on a long, uh, you know, we can go a long way, a long dirt road on this, and we're not going to. But it's been said that the road, the rod, excuse me, the rod was for defense. Right? I don't know if y'all notice the song that we sang, All right. Talked about that today, or the the, uh, the little lyric video, right? And the songs that Sally led to us as well uh, for us. But it's been said that the rod was for defense. Okay, so that's used to beat off wild animals that attack the sheep so so that part and then the staff was for direction the staff was for direction used to guide the sheep and pull them back from harm. again i don't i don't understand i don't i'm not i don't i don't know exactly i wasn't there but that makes so much sense to me so so his rod takes care of us and defends us and his staff has to nudge us in the right direction at times Right? Uh, I, Tony Evans says, when life takes you through the darkest valley, receive consolation in knowing that your divine shepherd has power in one hand and grace in the other. How many of you are like me and probably need a little cattle prod at times? <laughs> amen or amen? Psalm 95, seven. only an hour left. Just playing. So, David's like, I ain't ever coming back, brother. I love you. All right? Psalm 95, verse 7: For He is our God, and we are the people His pasture, his sheep under His care. Is God your shepherd? Verse 5: You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup overflows, runneth over. You, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, as a competitor, that sounds really good, right? Okay, I like that part about enemies, right? Okay, Georgia fans. I'm just playing. All right. Uh, but, uh, but I can, you know, that I can eat peacefully in the presence of enemies. Uh, you know, it also feels like some sort of vindication, right? But McGee surmised that the table referred to here was the Lord's table, right? The promise of spiritual blessings. This speaks of the idea of fellowship with the Creator, with other people uh, who have a relationship with Christ. He, he desires that with us. And then you anoint my head with oil, again, McGee said that the oil is a reference to the Holy Spirit and, and how we need the Holy Spirit daily. We cannot face this life alone. And, and without going into great detail there, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, and I like to pray every day that, 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 you know, that the Holy Spirit will fill me. You know, he's there, but I want more of them to fill me as I go throughout the day. Amen. And, and I also think of, of comfort here, a symbol of gladness, anointing oil right? Uh, comfort. And then my cup overflows it, or runneth over as the King James says. Alright, again a little amen or oh me, but ever met a Christian who was always dumpy and grumpy? Don't point at each other. Mm-hmm. Always? I mean like like really? Like I, I mean, I imagine non-Christians look at people like that and are like, if that's what Christianity, Christianity is all about, I don't want any part of it. I mean right again amen or me i don't know I think i get more ornery on my old days and just start saying stuff right emily i mm-hmm. don't know why i said your name it's just what you said last night i was like amen sister i i have not just what i need but my cup is running over right uh, this is a symbol of joy. I'm going to say it again for the third time today. Sally read it the first time, and this is the second time. John 10, the second part of 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. A, a, a little girl once said, Lord, fill up my cup. I can't hold very much, but I can run over a whole lot. Amen. I, I want to be running over a whole lot. And just as J. Vernon McGee said, oh, how this world needs Christians who are running over. Amen. Who are running over. So Psalm 95, verse 7, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. The sheep under his care is God your shepherd. Verse 6, the last verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy. Wait, you don't really mean that, do you, Patrick? I mean, are you contradicting yourself? Recall that this is at the end of, uh, well, towards the end of David's life. And he's looking back, and he's seeing that God's still faithful. God's still faithful. And goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. Amen? Because I'm not uh, going to tell you that all your circumstances will be rosy and ice creamy. Just made that word up. But I will tell you that with God, we still have goodness and mercy all the days of our life. All the days of our life. Why? Because when we... We are in need of mercy every day, right? And then, what what does the Bible say? His mercies are new every morning, right? Even our righteous deeds are filthy anyway, right? I mean, we talk about this idea of needing mercy. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. See, we're, we're in need of uh, of grace all the time, right? Even when I try to be righteous, I can't, right? Need Jesus Christ. Amen. So we we still need that. No, the old saying, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. There's truth in that. Amen. You know, if you have a church where they say that, don't be like, oh, we'll say that, we'll say that again. No, you better believe it because it's true. Believe it. It's true. See? He's always faithful. He's always faithful. Again, I don't I don't post a whole lot, but I felt the need to do that last, uh, last night because I know I'm gonna have some. You know, if I, I, well, I didn't look through Facebook, I know i was gonna see some crazy stuff. You know, people picking on Florida. I get that, right? But I said, you know, I'm we just had a great time with our family, and and he's here, and he said it. I, I think he I think Wesley, my brother-in-law, said it in his prayer or right before he prayed. I can't remember. You know, blessing the food, but he, he made a, he made a comment. He says, I, I'm just thankful to be with family today and and not have a funeral ball you know i said it last week i said i I love everybody here my grandma at my grandma's funeral but i don't want to see y'all next week not under these circumstances right see he's always he's always faithful and then this last moment here i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever isn't that our ultimate goal anyway to be with god John 14, verses 2 and 3 says, In my Father's house are many rooms. Please be encouraged by these words. It's the word of God. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. Tony Evans said, Shepherds often have sheepdogs that keep uh, the sheep from wandering. Um, I love this. He said, The divine shepherd has two sheepdogs. Tony Evans says, Their names are goodness and faithful love. Right? See, sometimes they bark and nip at you when you wander from the fold, but they, they do so with the intent of driving you back into fellowship with your shepherd that you, so that you may eternally, quote, dwell in the house of the Lord. With his dogs, goodness and faithful love. We look back and we can see that God is good. Amen? All, right? all the time, God is good. Psalm 95, verse 7 For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his care. Is God your shepherd? So as we bring this to a conclusion, and I ask the, the ladies to come up, right, and we're passing through the twenty-third psalm. But before we go, let me take you back to that question: Is God your shepherd? Internalize that, please. Okay, because and I, I've said this before: right, if he if he is the shepherd, right, he if he is he's the one who gave his life for the sheep. He is right, and 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 he is your savior. Then again, this psalm is for you. And so, so I hope that you're, you're encouraged by the word today. But if he's not your Savior, this psalm's not for you. So make it for you today. See, the shepherd died in the sheep's place, in your place, to give you a home in heaven. He didn't die to make bad people good, he died to make dead people alive. Amen. And that's not for me. I've heard other people say it, but it's the truth. Because we were dead in our trespasses. But God. But God. What about that? But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get cleaned up first. Don't don't wait. You're not going to clean yourself up anyway. Yeah, you, know, you still going not have dirt on you. Romans ten verses nine and ten simply says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with a heart, resorting in righteousness. And one confesses with a mouth, resorting to salvation. Uh, my prayer, my hope today is that you make that decision if you haven't already. And if you have, that psalm's for you. All right, Trust in it today. Amen. All right, Sally. Let's all stand and sing.